Providers raised the alarm over United Healthcare's new prior authorization rules for certain colonoscopies. President Biden taps his choice to lead the National Institutes of Health. And a Food and Drug Administration advisory panel weighs recommending a vaccine to protect babies against RSV. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The nation's largest health insurer, United Healthcare, will require physicians to submit prior authorization requests for certain types of colonoscopies, alarming many healthcare providers. First reported by STAT, starting June 1st, United beneficiaries looking to get surveillance and diagnostic colonoscopies will first need approval from the payer unless they want to pay out of pocket for the procedure. Surveillance colonoscopies are used for individuals who have had a personal history of cancer, have conditions that predispose them to colorectal cancer, or have had colorectal polyps. And diagnostic colonoscopies are used for people who have cancer symptoms, or who have had a positive stool test, or who have had polyps detected during a screening colonoscopy. This policy change does not apply to screening colonoscopies, which are a preventive care measure. A United spokesperson told STAT that it typically approves physician prior authorization requests within two days, and said that clinical studies have found that over or unnecessary use of non-screening gastroenterology endoscopy procedures could expose its members to unnecessary medical risks. However, gastroenterologists told STAT that getting approval frequently takes longer and expressed concern that adding another potential barrier to care could impact high risk patients. In a letter to United, the American College of Gastroenterology wrote that, quote, prior authorization continues to strain gastroenterology practices and limit ACG members' ability to provide timely care to their patients, end quote. The organization also pointed to claims that prior authorization is a major source of burnout among physicians. Colorectal cancer is the third most commonly diagnosed cancer and the third most common cause of cancer-related death in both men and women in the United States, according to the American Cancer Society. United announced in March that it planned on eliminating nearly 20% of its current prior authorizations, with the code reductions beginning in the third quarter. The insurer said that these changes would affect most commercial, Medicare Advantage, and Medicaid business. President Biden announced Monday that he has selected Dr. Monica Bertinelli to serve as the next director of the National Institutes of Health. Dr. Bertinelli is a cancer specialist and currently serves as the director of the National Cancer Institute, a position she has held since October. In that role, she has worked to advance President Biden's Cancer Moonshot Initiative, which is personally important to him following his son Beau's death from brain cancer in 2015. Previously, Dr. Bertinelli served as the Richard E. Wilson Professor of Surgery in the field of surgical oncology at Harvard Medical School. She was a surgeon at Brigham and Women's Hospital and a member of the Gastrointestinal Cancer Treatment and Sarcoma Centers at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. 
Bertinelli also has firsthand experience as a cancer patient after being diagnosed with early-stage breast cancer late last year. If confirmed by the Senate, Bertinelli would fill a role that has been vacant for more than a year. Dr. Lawrence Tabak has been in the role in an acting capacity since previous NIH director Dr. Francis S. Collins stepped down in December 2021. A new vaccine that aims to protect infants from serious illness due to the respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, will be discussed by a Food and Drug Administration advisory panel today. The vaccine, developed by Pfizer, is administered to a pregnant person at 24 to 36 weeks gestation, passing the protective antibodies to the fetus via the placenta. If approved, both by the advisory panel and then later by the FDA, it would be the first vaccine to protect babies against RSV. RSV is the leading cause of hospitalizations for infants and can be particularly dangerous for premature babies and those with weakened immune systems. In November, Pfizer announced the results of a clinical trial that found its vaccine was nearly 82% effective against RSV-related severe lower respiratory tract illness in infants' first three months after birth, and it was nearly 70% effective against severe infection through a baby's first six months. The FDA said in a briefing document released this week that the safety data from the clinical trial was generally favorable. However, there was a slightly high rate of preterm births among those individuals who had received the shot, but the agency noted that it wasn't statistically significant and could not concretely point to whether those early births were vaccine-related. Last fall saw an earlier-than-normal RSV season that coincided with both the ongoing COVID pandemic and the flu season, putting a strain on hospitals across the country. Earlier this month, the FDA approved another RSV vaccine for seniors from GSK called Orexv. Clinical trials found that the vaccine demonstrated significant protection against RSV complications like lower respiratory tract disease in older adults. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.